1: all right now we sang a song didn't we uh, uh or i think it was the one near the end you know more lord more lord didn't we it's something like more lord more and we want more lord don't we more 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 but listen we keep saying more 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 but the only reason we're saying more 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 you've got to let it out because if you don't let it out you're constipated <laughs> more Lord more Lord yeah Lord I want more Lord give me more Lord you know there are so many constipated Christians around you can only say I want more Lord because you want to be a channel to other people Don't be a constipated Christian. Be a channel. You see, what does the church do? We do three things look up, worship. Look in, well being. Look out, witness. That's what we do. Wow. Worship, well being, witness. So we look up, we look in, we look out. That is what we do. The Bible says this, the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. Then Jesus said, All authority, how much authority? Oh, Oh, yeah, not a little bit. (laughs) All authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations now I'm Greek I'm bilingual I speak Greek I read the New Testament in Greek the Greek word for go means go you know just in case you thought you know maybe the Greek didn't mean that no no it means go go you know too many Christians today Have taken literally what Jesus said to three disciples see that you tell no one. (laughs) There are so many Christians today who are like Arctic rivers, they're frozen at the mouth. There are two reasons today why people are not yet Christians. Two reasons. One, they have never met a Christian. Two, they have met a Christian. (laughs) In other words, you and I can either hinder or we can help someone in their journey of faith. I don't want to hinder someone. I want to help someone in their journey of faith. A missionary is not someone who crosses the sea. A missionary is someone who sees the cross. That was really good. Yeah? yeah. yeah? yeah well, every time I say something really good, I'll tell you it's really good, so you know it's really good. <laughs> Repeat that after me. A missionary, A missionary is not someone who crosses the sea. A missionary is someone who sees the cross. A is who sees the cross. Because when you've seen the cross of Jesus... And, you, and by the Holy Spirit, yeah. you've experienced the truth of the cross of Jesus. In the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, "The love of Christ compels me, yeah. compels me." We read in Acts 1 verse nine, verse eight, we read this, "You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses." You will be my witnesses. And there's a little strategy there. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. What did Jerusalem represent to the first disciples of Jesus? Well, that was where the disciples denied Jesus. Peter denied Jesus publicly. Where were they at the crucifixion? Only John was there. So Jesus was implying, I want you to start in the place of your greatest failure. Where is that for most of us? Family friends neighbors colleagues that's where it is it's our mates are at school or college or university it's our neighbors it's our family so if we are going to reach the world we have to reach our world by cultivating the web of relationships that we have already got and we need to become far more intentional in doing three things. One, reaching our world by praying, reaching our world by caring, and reaching our world by sharing. Praying, caring, sharing. Please repeat. Praying, caring, and sharing. When we pray coincidences happen and when we don't they don't we need to be more intentional in praying one of my favorite prayer stories there was um, a missionary in Africa he had been sent to Africa from a church in Scotland he went back back to Scotland to his sending church in order to give an update on what was happening in Africa and to call people to go out to the mission field he arrives it's a very cold evening it's raining it's dark and there were 12 elderly people at the church he was really discouraged not because they were there but he was thrilled they were there but they would not be suitable for the mission field but he still felt he should give the same message that he had prepared about the needs in Africa. He gives the message, he gets to the end and he says who will go, who will go, who will go. He didn't realise that there was an organist the guy who played the organ for the hymns that they sang, there was a little boy who kind of, it's called a billow, and he would kind of push air into the organ to help for the organ to work. And the little boy stood up. He goes, I will go, I will go, I will go. That little boy's name, David Livingston they said to the boy listen if you feel God has told you to go what you need to do the best thing for you to do is to become a medical doctor and then you can go to Africa as a medical doctor missionary he grows up he becomes a medical doctor he goes to Africa he's trying to reach all different people groups There's one particular um, community he's trying to reach and the chief doesn't like it. And he sends David Livingston a message. We are going to come tonight and we're going to murder you and everybody in your compound. Now, the reason we know this story is because all of it is written in David Livingston's diary. So he writes in his diary, Lord, please Please protect us, Lord. Please protect us, Lord. We've labored for decades and our work cannot be extinguished. Anyway, they didn't come. They didn't murder them. Years went by. Eventually, the chief and the community all got converted. He tells the chief, you sent me a message that you were going to come and murder me and everyone in our compound. He said, yes, yes, we came. We came to murder you. Well, why did you not murder us? Ah, because when we came, there were 39 giants surrounding the compound, right? Wait, wait, it gets better, it gets better. 39 surrounding, and we saw the giants. Isn't it interesting, 39, so they counted, and they were surrounding the compound. Anyway, a couple of years later, David Livingstone returns to ascending church in Scotland to give everybody an update and to call people to the mission field he tells this story at the end of the evening the secretary of the church goes up to David Livingstone says Dr Livingstone do you remember the date that that the chief was going to come and murder you he says yes of course I know the date and he tells him the date he opens the diary He says, Look at the date. There were 39 people in the church praying in Scotland. 39 people praying in Scotland, and there were 39 giants surrounding the compound. When we pray, coincidences happen. Now, my wife and I, we have a routine. We're a a bit jet-lagged at the moment, so the time clock's a bit slightly different. But our routine is we get up at six o'clock in the morning and uh, we pray for each other, we pray for our family, Uh, we pray for everyone we know who's sick, Uh, we pronounce and proclaim some promises, Uh, and then we pray for everybody we know personally who does not yet know the Lord, we currently pray for 43 people every day 6 a.m every week every month lord speak to them speak to them in dreams lord touch them lord help us to know what we should do lord show us how we can sow some seed lord shift we pray every day I want to encourage you to become far more intentional in praying for your family who don't know the Lord, your neighbours who don't know the Lord, your colleagues who don't know the Lord, your classmates who don't know the Lord. Just keep bringing them to the Lord on a daily basis, believing that the Lord hears our prayers. Become more intentional in praying for the lost. Praying to caring. People do not care how much we know until they know how much we care. They don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. You see, this is what is called incarnational evangelism, living out our faith in a way that is attractive. You know, of course we use words, but a lighthouse doesn't make any noise, but you can see it. And sometimes we need to demonstrate the good news. So, Kelly and I, we frequently go on prayer walks. Yesterday, we went on a prayer walk. uh, uh, We walked out of our hotel where the church has put us, and we walked three miles. Every day, we pray, Lord, for divine appointments. We started walking. We saw this woman. After about 15 minutes, we saw the same woman. We're walking opposite to the woman. We're going the other way to where the woman's going. And then 20 minutes later, we bump into the woman. So that's three times. Okay? We're always praying divine appointments. They're thinking, this is weird. We went left, she went right, and we bumped into her again. Then the fourth time, we're thinking, oh my word. So we stop, we stop the woman. We start having a conversation with the woman. It becomes obvious that she, she is spiritually aware, but she's confused. Uh, we end up, she tells us her life story. She tells us about her son, who's like uh, 39 years of age and he's sick. And we're there in the street and, we, and we're praying for her and we're praying for her son. You know, listen, you you don't have to wake up in the morning and go, where are the non-Christians? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. You see, we're we're carriers of the presence of the Lord. We live, Killy and I live in a little village just outside London. And we went on a prayer walk. So we're walking and we're praying. And oh Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Yes, Lord, come on, Lord. We want a revival in England. Lord, we want an awakening. Oh Lord, and we're just walking, praying. Come on, Lord. And then I see this woman. And I said to Kelly, "Kelly, is that the woman that lives like seven doors up from us? And she says, I think it is. I said, is that the woman that's got a sick child? And Kelly goes, I think it is. And then at that moment, there's a battle going on in me. Shall I? Shan't I? Yeah, yeah. Have I got time? Have I not got time? Yeah. Every time I get that battle now, I ignore it. Yeah. I ignore it. I went straight up to the woman. I said, "I said, excuse me. I said, is your name Barbara? She says, yes, it is. Oh, she goes, I know who you are. And, uh, and I said, Barbara, um, am I right that I've heard from one of the neighbours that you have a son who's sick? She says, yes, I do have a son who's sick. And in fact, he's dying. And she said, will you go now? To the hospice and pray for my son. Now, when she said that, I thought, what does she think I do all day? Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's backtrack. I'm walking, I'm going, Your kingdom come, your will be done. Come on, Lord. And then, and then I get a quiver in the liver. Yeah? You know when you get a little stir? Quiver in the liver right and now she's asking me to go to the hospice to pray for her son and then I well what have I got that's more important than that no so we had walked all the way home we picked up the car we drove to the hospice went into the hospice we found her son he's called Johnny he's 32 years of age he was sleeping Killy goes well look now we know where he is we'll go away and we'll come back later. I said, no, I'm not coming back later. So I, I kicked the bed really hard. <laughs> and i like, ah oh, ah. Oh, I really dead-legged my leg. And he kind of woke up. So I said, hello, Johnny. I, I said, uh, I'm Jay John. This is my wife, Killy. I said, I'm a minister. I just met your mother. And your mother asked me to come and pray for you. Would you like that? And when I said that, he stared me out. I'll do it with John now. It was so, John, it was so embarrassing and awkward because I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know where to look. He completely stared me out. And this is what, this is what he said. I would rather have a hug. So he lifted himself up. Killy and I embraced him. And the three of us are holding each other. And then he starts crying. Killy starts crying. I start crying. And then he let go and we let go and he laid down. I said, Johnny, do you want the prayer anyway? He goes, look. I'm an atheist, but if you need to pray, go ahead. So I did, I did. So I put my hand on his chest, yeah? But I didn't get all Pentecostal. I didn't pray out loud, ooh! She came on a Honda! she came on a honda when did she come on a honda oh rubber dinghy rubber dinghy what do you want a rubber dinghy for no I didn't pray out loud I put my hand on his heart I put my hand on his heart and I just said Lord only you can open his eyes open them and i just said amen and then i spoke to him now you see someone who's not yet a christian are in minus territory and when you become a christian it's like you cross a line and you're you're born again you're saved you're in christ now before you're a christian you can go all the way up to minus 100 he was minus 100 I said, Johnny, do you want me to visit you again? He said, I'd really like that. So I kept going. I went back. Every time I went back, he moved. Minus 100, minus 90. I went back again. Minus 90, minus 70. I could see it because because a lot of things were clearing up. He was asking me questions. I was helping the dancer. Minus 50, I kept going. Minus 30, I kept going. And I think, hey, he's getting closer. I'm bringing him closer. I'm bringing him. And then I visited him. And he was in a lot of pain. And I thought, no, today's not the day. I'm just going to stand here. I stood by his bed. I held his hand. Uh, You know, he just prayed. But something, it's like his countenance changed. And I thought, I think he's met the Lord. Anyway, next day, really early in the morning, knock on the door, open the door. It's the mother. He died. She said, would you speak at my son's funeral? Now, she's a new ager. I mean, she hugs trees. (laughs) Yeah, right? She asked me to speak at the funeral. I didn't realise that Johnny was famous. I didn't realise that. I mean, I meet all sorts of people. I don't know who they are. This guy was really, he was a very famous nightclub DJ. There's 800 people at the funeral. I'm the speaker. Okay, let's backtrack. We're walking around, we're saying, your kingdom come, your will be done. You get a quiver in the liver. I'm sorry, do you have a sick son? Can you visit him? Yeah, I can visit him. Uh, can I? Can, do, do, do. And now I'm speaking to 800 people. At the end of the funeral, I, I step down and I'm mugged. i like, it's unbelievable. I've got people here trying to talk to me. I've got people pulling my arm. They want to get my attention. And one of them goes, he goes, what did you mean? What did you mean? We've got a train station in London called King's Cross. Okay? And this guy goes to me, what did you mean? What did you mean that you can go to heaven via King's Cross? Oh God, oh oh well, you know that, don't you? You know, you can't go to heaven via San Diego. You know that. You can only go to heaven via King's Cross. If you want to go to heaven, you've got to go via the cross of the king. If you don't go via the cross of the king, you can't get there. That's right. So, so can you believe it? All we were doing is walking around and praying. That's how it works. Last year, we were here. Last year, we were here in San Diego. Okay, We were in this hotel, and, and we had the afternoon and the evening free. And so Killian and I thought, oh, let's go to a, a shopping mall. So we get an Uber, call an Uber, get in the Uber. And he, the guy sets off. As he sets off, all I said to him was, what do you want God to do for you? That's all I said. There was no preamble before that. What do you want God to do for you? He goes, I really want God to help my mother. I said, what's wrong with your mother? She's got Alzheimer's. I said, I believe in God. Can I pray for your mother now? Would you, would you? I said, what's your mother's name? Gives me the name. I start praying, okay, for his mother and in the car. As I begin to pray for this guy, he's weeping. He's driving and he's weeping. He's weeping out loud. Oh, no, no one's prayed for my mother before. No one's before. And then I finish the prayer. When I finish the prayer, he goes, I'm going to go to church. God, I'm going to go to church. I didn't even invite him. No, this, this is last year. Can you believe it? Right. And, and then anyway, we talked to him about Jesus. We gave him some resources. I always carry resources. I carry crosses. I gave him a cross. I explained the cross of Jesus. I invited him to church and all of that. Right, then it's time to leave. It's time to leave. And our, our phone, the Uber app isn't working. It's like, this is no, no. And it's, it's beginning to get dark, right? And it's not working. This has never happened before. It's always worked, now it's not working. It's getting dark, we don't quite know where we are. Oh my word. So I just said to Killy, Kili, because uh, I was looking around, oh look, just ask that woman, just ask that woman if she knows why our app isn't working. So Killy goes up to the lady <laughs> and says to her, excuse me, I'm so sorry, but our Uber app isn't working. Um, do, do you know why it wouldn't be working? She says, Well, where do you need to get to? And Killy says, Well, we're staying at this hotel. Oh, she says, I know that hotel. It's about 20 minutes away from here. She says, I'll take you. Wait a minute, it's getting dark. <laughs> uh, you know, Killy's thinking, is she an axe murderer? <laughs> well, you don't. This does anyone do that in America? So she says, I'll drive you. So We're now walking with her to the car park to pick her car. We get in the car and she's going to drive us now. And I said to the lady as she began to drive, I said, what's been going on in your life? She says, well, she says, my son recently overdosed. We spent 20 minutes talking to her about that. We get to the hotel, we keep talking to her. We ask her would she wait while we went up to the room and got a whole load of resources for her. We brought them down, we prayed for her, we invited her to church. I think God stopped the Uber app so that we could meet the woman and we could help her in her journey of faith. Praying, praying, wow. caring, caring. Yeah. I, went, I I spoke at this university and at the end of, of speaking at this university, I stepped down and someone was talking to me and then this woman comes along, interrupts us rudely, like rudely. She said, I hated what you said. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. She goes, I can tell you from experience, church ruins people's lives. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, listen, have you got some time? She's like, why? <laughs> I said, well, if you've got any time, have you got a bit of time, you and I go and have a coffee? I don't know. <laughs> I said, well, I'm not going to wait here all day. Do you want to go or not go? She's like, all right. All right. So we go, we go. It's like we're here, and there's a cafeteria there. We just go, we get the coffee. I said, "Why, why are you so angry?" And it's like all this Bleh. vomit all comes out, and she's telling me why she's so angry. And I just listen. I don't try and justify it, or you know, I might have said a few things like, "Look, have there been mistakes made in the name of medicine?" Yes, there have been loads of mistakes made in the name of medicine, but we don't throw out the whole of medicine because some mistakes have been made. You know, you just sow a little bit of seed. Anyway, that was a Monday. I said, come and hear me Tuesday and we'll have a coffee. She came, we went for coffee. I said, come and hear me Wednesday, we'll go for coffee. She came, we went for coffee. I said, come and hear me Thursday, and we'll go for coffee. She came Thursday, went for coffee. I said, there's one more meeting, Friday. Come Friday, and then we'll go for coffee. Friday, she is ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. <clears throat> the girl's name, Christine Kane. five coffees, five coffees, praying, caring, sharing, praying, caring, sharing. Now, sharing, let's just do a very quick Bible study. Okay, sharing. John chapter four, brilliant story. Jesus, Samaritan woman. Okay, what's the difference between the woman and Jesus? He's the high priest, she's living in adultery. So there's a moral barrier. She's a woman, he's a man. There's a social barrier. She's a Samaritan, he's Jewish. There's a racial barrier. She's a Samaritan, he's Jewish. There's a religious barrier. Got four barriers, moral, social, racial, religious. How does Jesus break down the barriers? Well, first of all, you read in John chapter four that Jesus was here. He wanted to go there. Every other Jew would have walked around Samaria because Jews hated Samaritans. No Jew would walk into Samaria. The first thing Jesus does is he walks into Samaria. He breaks long-standing traditions. He sits at a well. A woman comes. Moral barrier, social barrier, racial barrier, religious barrier. How does he break down the barriers? He focuses on what they have in common. What do they have in common? Only one thing they have in common, H2O. You know when that music comes on? It means get off. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to finish the story (laughs) and then I'm going to wrap up. But I still love it. Keep playing. Keep playing. (laughs) I heard it. I heard it. What does he do? He focuses on what they have in common. What do they have in common? H2O. That's the only thing they have in common. Do you like H2O? Oh, I love H2O. Mm. <laughs> what kind do you have? Ooh, that's nice. Well, Jesus says, you know, I've got some water. Mmm. If you have this other water, you won't get thirsty. He then speaks into a life. He speaks into a life. Now, she addresses Jesus four times in the conversation. The first time she addresses Jesus, she says, Jew. But if you read it in the original Greek, it's like this. <laughs> Jew. Second time, she says, sir. Third time, she says, prophet. Fourth time, she says, Messiah wow. look at look look what Jesus did her attitude changed she drops her pots she goes and gets everyone the Samaritan Revival how did it start Jesus went out of his way broke long-standing traditions stopped spoke to one woman one one woman Samaritan Revival our responsibility is to go into God's orchard. What do we do? We check the fruit. We check the fruit. Check the fruit. If the fruit is ripe for picking, what do you do? You, you pick it. Because if you don't pick the fruit that's ripe for picking, one of two things happens. It overripes, falls to the ground and dies, or the Jehovah's Witnesses pick it. Yeah? And sometimes all we're doing is like, oh, my belly button, my belly button. What's, oh, what's in my belly button? I, oh, I think I got some fluff in my belly button. And while we're like, me, 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 everyone's picking the fruit, everyone's picking the fruit. So there's a sense of urgency. Become more intentional in praying. More intentional In caring, more intentional in sharing. Why? Because we've got good news. We have got good news. Good news. People are broken. We know who can fix them. Everyone is broken. Every one of us is broken. And we can only be healed in the broken body of Jesus. We know that. We know the good news. I've got in my pocket a very brand new crisp $50 bill. You know, real brand new one. Sometimes you think, you know, you it one or two, you know? Beautiful, $50. It's clean, it's crisp, it's worth $50. Okay, now, I know everything was cleaned up here, but we've all walked in with our shoes. Let's put some dirt on it. Is this, I hope this is not illegal. (laughs) You can't, you're not allowed to do that in England with a king on it. Okay, let's put a bit of dirt on this. Yeah, it's dirty, I can see it, it's dirty. A moment ago, it was clean and crisp, it was worth $50. Now it's got dirt on it, it hasn't lost its value. Oh, but it's crisp, Scrunch crunch it. Now we've got a crunched up $50 bill. A moment ago, it was clean and crisp, it was worth $50. Then it got dirt on it, didn't lose its value. It's full of creases now. Hasn't lost its value. It doesn't matter how dirty, how creased you are. You've never lost your value in God's eyes. Never. You've never lost your value. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. How how dirty our friends, our family, our neighbours, our colleagues, our our mates at school, college, university. doesn't matter how dirty, how creased they are. They have never lost their value in God's eyes. When uh, our firstborn son, Michael, he was about four years of age. And um, he and I went to buy his mum a Mother's Day present. So we're going around the stores. We saw one store. We walked in. As we walked in the door, there was this huge sign. And the sign said, do not touch. All breakages must be purchased. Why didn't I just walk out? Not just because I have got a four-year-old son. I know what I'm like. I'm a little bit clumsy. And the other thing is this. It said, do not. Not touch. That is very appealing. There is something attractive. It's like, do not touch. You can feel rebellion. So we were in there, and I was even doing it with my elbow because I wanted to prove that I could if I wanted to. It's rebellion. But Michael, he's only four. And I saw it from the corner of my eye. No. And it fell. It was like slow motion as it fell to the floor. Psh. The manager came out of absolutely nowhere. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. Stood with us, pointed to the sign. Do not touch. All breakages must be purchased. I said, I didn't do it. He did it. I thought, why didn't I just walk out of the store? He can pay for it. He did it. Why should I pay for it? There's no way that 4-year-old Michael could pay for the damages. Only his daddy could pay for his d- the damages. You and I cannot pay for the damages. only Jesus can pay for the damages that's the good news that is the good news the word Christian has got the word Christ in it if you remove the word Christ from the word Christian you're left with I-A-N Ian isn't going to help you (laughs) now I'm not saying Ian isn't a nice guy I didn't say that did I Too many people today are like, oh, you know, I'm a Christian. But you can't be a Christian unless you're connected to Christ. Think of your life just for a moment like a car. The car of your life. To be a Christian means you invite Jesus into the car of your life. Listen, tonight, if you're here or you're tuned in and you're thinking, goodness, I don't think it is in my life. Or maybe he used to be, but I kind of got distracted, diverted, derailed. Then then in a few moments, invite him into your life. Now, for the majority of us, I'm sure we're all going, no, he's in the car, he's in the car. Great, he's in the car. Where is he in the car? Do you drive your car to church, unlock the trunk, get Jesus out for religious happy hour? at the end of the service, back in there. (laughs) You know, there are so many people who will go to a church service and it's, oh, Jesus, yeah, 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 yeah. And the rest of the week, no one would know. Or maybe you're thinking, no, he's not in the trunk. He's on the back seat, a bit of a passenger. Or maybe he's in the front passenger seat, a bit of a companion, but still a passenger. Or is he in the driving seat? Now for everyone here who thought he's in the driving seat, one more question. Are you a backseat driver? <laughs> the car gets to an intersection. Jesus turns left. Where are you going? Listen, if you haven't yet accepted the Jesus who values you however dirty you are increased receive it tonight the Jesus who paid on the cross for your forgiveness new life and a hope maybe tonight you're here and you're thinking goodness I know he's in my life but maybe tonight I need to reposition Jesus maybe he is in the trunk Maybe he is a bit of a passenger. Why don't you tonight say, I'm gonna reposition Jesus in the driving seat of my life. So in just a moment, if you want to invite him in for the first time, or you want to reposition Jesus, I'm gonna ask you to stand up. I'm not asking you to stand up to embarrass you, but I want you to stand up in a church tonight so that tomorrow you can stand up out there. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you're standing, I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray the prayer. And then I'm going to say a prayer for you. And then I'm going to commission all of you to go out and be witnesses. Just close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes for a moment. If you would like, you feel you've, you haven't you have yet invited Jesus in or maybe you did in the past but you've strayed away or you want to reposition Jesus would you please stand up now please stand up thank you thank you thank you well done well done thank you anyone else want to stand before we pray great Okay, can I ask the rest of you to stand up? Please stand. I love doing that. You know why? When people first stood up, there's kind of, you feel a bit isolated, slightly, slightly. But look what just happened. Everyone else is saying, we're standing with you. We're standing with you. Okay. Can we just tone down the music, the volume? I'm going to pray a very simple prayer now, okay? For all those of you that stood up, I'll pray it once. The second time I pray, you pray it with me out loud. The rest of you that stood up, why don't you pray the prayer to reaffirm your faith? Here's the prayer. Jesus, I bow before you now. Jesus, I bow before you now. I come just as I am. I come just as I am. I know I have done many things wrong. I know I have done many things wrong. And I thank you for dying on the cross for me. And I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Cleanse my life. Cleanse my life. Set me free from the past. Set me free from the past. Come into my life now. Come into my life now. Come by your Holy Spirit. Come by your Holy Spirit. Come into the driving seat of my life. Come into the driving seat of my life. Fill me with your power, your presence, your peace. Fill me with your power, your presence, your peace. Help me to build my life on you. Help me to build my life on you. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Amen. A prayer for you. In the name of Jesus, I announce and I pronounce his forgiveness. May you know his cleansing. May you know his healing. May you experience his presence. May you know all of us his protection. And Lord, as we all dedicate and rededicate our lives to you, we pray, Lord God, that you will send us out in the power of your Holy Spirit to be your witnesses as we become intentional in praying in caring and sharing with our friends and family our neighbours colleagues and classmates we pray that this Advent Christmas season would be a time when many will progress in their journey of faith we pray Lord God that as we invite them to come to Twisted, that as we invite them to visit the church at Christmas, these would be significant milestones in their journey of faith. So we speak and pray the blessing of God, God, the Holy Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Be on us, in
0: us, and with us.